How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Very good. Getting ready for Halloween? Yeah, I need to get some pumpkins, some candy for the kids. Oh my god! <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you celebrate uh, Halloween yet? Not really, but you know they're always. Uh, people around here are always looking for it for a reason for a party you know so it's it's like yeah um, true. yeah if if you can go somewhere and have some fun we will use this opportunity absolutely and why not to be honest um yeah so um we have a very interesting topic today nifrit which is um a super interesting application uh, coming up on Beam. Uh, it's a confidential stablecoin application, and we're going to talk a lot about it. Uh, while people gather a couple of updates, the 7.2 was slightly delayed because of really kind of um, small technical issues. We found some small bug, and then we fixed it, and then we forgot to merge something, and you know. So it, it's, it was supposed to be released last week, but uh, it will be released probably tomorrow. It's kind of uh, already ready and, uh, you know, just uh, to package it and release it. Uh, it includes, as you know, the asset swap feature and many improvements. And uh, immediately after that, uh, we will move to the bridges and the decks. Which are, uh, the bridges are ready, and uh, we also found a small bug recently. We fixed it, and uh, the decks is still being uh, built, but uh, I hope it will be out by end of this month. So nice. things, yeah, things are moving very nicely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, busy times. As usual, yeah. The like the there's a lot of stuff at at least from from there. There's a lot of stuff coming up in like uh, the next sort of short while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was this stage of uh, accumulation, as you would call it, in the crypto world. On, on, only in our case, it was accumulation of features, and uh, they are ready to uh, explode on the scene. And uh, uh, Halloween is actually a very interesting date for us because it marks a one-year anniversary of our 30 experiment. Uh, yes. uh, we had uh, a competition back then that uh, very quickly spinned out of control and uh, led, to, <laughs> led to this... Uh, uh, you know, marketplace fund and V2, and uh, yeah, so it's still like uh, very early for that. Like, I mean, all, all, like, every couple of weeks we have like a new uh, bunch of feature requests from all kinds of you know people who want to uh, take advantage of the confidential NFTs that we have. Um, so. The current version is very nice and works great, but you know people always want more features, and they're right. So uh, a lot of work still ahead of us, even in that department. Speaking of which, uh, next week, and I will also mention this at the end of the space. Next week, we are going to talk about the um, kind of updated development procedure uh, for Beam. Like we want, as I mentioned, to move to the more kind of decentralized DAO-based. Uh, R&D practices, and uh, we're 
discuss exactly how this is going to work, what we're going to do, when and where uh, all of these displays. So yeah, uh, next week is going to be a very important uh, space that will uh, uh, explain and create this kind of ordered new new process for for our R and D. Working. Yeah. Okay. So um, shall we get started? Yeah. Let's. Okay. So I would like to get started with um, like how do you even get to to look at this application? Um, so. This application was created by a Nifrit team, uh, which uh, chose to remain anonymous. So in order to be able to see this application, since it's not in the official uh, Beam store, you need to do several things. First of all, you need to obviously download uh, Beam DAPnet wallet from our website. This is our testing network where currently this application, so you can pre preview it before it goes live. And uh, for those who recently tried it and failed, uh, there was some issue with the DAPnet in the last couple of days. So um, please try again, we fixed it. Uh, it was like not related to anything uh, in the code. It was just a server that uh, went down. So completely DevOps related issue. It should be fine now. And in order to get the publisher key, uh, you need to go to BIM forum and I will tweet the link right now. Um, and in the Beam forum, you have Nefrit support thread, which includes uh, the publisher key that you will need to add to your wallet. So in order to do that, you will open the application store. It's uh, in the bar on the left. Click on this icon with uh, like people or whatever, and then you will have this button, add publisher. And when you click on add publisher, you will have this place where you can paste the public key of the publisher that you copied from the forum. And you will be able to see the publisher uh, for the free team. And then when you go back to the application screen, you will see a new application appearing. It might take a few seconds to appear, so be patient. And once it appears, you will be able to install it by clicking the install button. You will see this kind of pane for Nifrit application. Uh, you will click install and it will install locally in your wallet from the IPFS uh, DAP store that we have developed. So this kind of uh, a great use of our uh, decentralized, decentralized application store uh, feature. Now that we have it, you can actually publish uh, applications anonymously, and that's what Nifrit team did and uh, took advantage of this great feature. So once you uh, install it, you will be able to launch it. And once you launch it, you will see uh, this kind of nice animation and then uh, a warning that this is obviously um, your responsibility, as, as is <laughs> everything in crypto. Uh, I mean, we know that. And, and then we will enter the, uh, the home screen and we'll go over like what we know about this application uh, in a minute. But first of all, let's start with kind of some general, general remarks and general overview of what, what this application is. So first of all, if you have any questions, like any, any questions about anything related to the free or stable coins in general, uh, please, either raise your hand and uh, we will give you uh, the microphone here or just add it to Twitter 
uh, basically find any channel that is convenient to you to ask it. And uh, uh, the Nifrit team uh, is monitoring these uh, channels. And if we don't know the answer for something, uh, they will also uh, be able to um, provide answers in the forum. So um, as you know, there are several types of stable coins in the world. There are those that are backed by real dollars, hopefully in some real bank. There are those that do not work. We call them algorithmic stable coins, Terra and such. And the, there is this third, my favorite kind of stable coins, which uh, are called collateralized stable coins. They use collateral to create CDPs. CDP is a short for collateralized debt position. These positions are over collateralized, which means that you actually put more collateral than the value stable coin that you take out as a loan. And then uh, it provides this uh, cushion to uh, still maintain its peg. Uh, and in this specific example here, an Ifrit is pegged to $1. Even if the value of the collateral goes down until it reaches this critical threshold, uh, you're fine. And once it does reach this critical threshold, your position is uh, about to be liquidated. So you have to either add collateral to your position or repay your loan or have a risk of being liquidated. And we will talk about all of these things in the context of Nifrit and how. Uh, Nifrit is loosely based on Liquity, which is another very respectable stable coin on Ethereum network, I think. And uh, uh, we will see a lot of similarities, but there are also some differences that we will also outline. Our most famous example of this type of stable coin is MakerDAO-DAI. And uh, uh, the main difference between liquidity approach to uh, governance and MakerDAO approach to governance is that in MakerDAO, first of all, you have uh, several financial parameters that you control through the DAO, which are the collateralization ratio itself at the interest rate. And also you have an auction process when your position is about an auction that takes place to determine who will be the winner of that auction. So in liquidity, they took a different approach, which uh, Nifrit also uh, uses, which is simpler and hence, in my opinion, also better. There are no controllable parameters. There are no uh, application that needs to be periodically voted upon. So in general, excluding the issues and bugs, uh, you could make this contract completely, um, you know, uncontrollable, unupgradable. And I think eventually that's, that's what will happen. And um, when the election uh, process starts, there are basically uh, several kind of uh, red lines. And when the system, the entire system is about to be under, collateral, under collateralized, <clears throat> what will happen is that this specific position without any auction will automatically be liquidated through uh, the stability pool in which everybody can participate. And once the, even the stability pool is not enough, then uh, basically this uh, position will just spread on, on all of the all of the positions. So without any auction and without any uh, human participation, the system can maintain its peg quite efficiently. And if you look at the performance liquidity during the last difficult times, uh, you will see that it works really well. And and this is like how, out of curiosity for and also for those listening, how old is MakerDAO and 
in relative to liquidity, for example? Oh, it's a great question. Um, I think MakerDAO is definitely older. I'm not sure about liquidity. Let me check coin market cap real quick. It's not the best indication. Um, I was trying to uh, bring Dima Bonder to the space, but he he is busy, I think, uh, because he is uh, he is the greatest historian of stablecoins. He knows all of this uh, by hand. Let's see. Uh, it's called LUSD, I think, right? The liquidity USD. Let's see where it goes back to. All time, one second. Around April twenty one, a little over yeah. a year. Yeah, that that's what uh, uh, that's what it shows here. Let's see if we have uh, any additional information. Like it, it's a good enough run runtime uh, already. Uh, yeah, but... and and this was the the main point I was getting at is it's been around for quite some time and and especially had like a, a few instances where the market has been uh, how to say <laughs> rather bleak and and like things if things were going to break they would break then and and it's kind of stood through that and and it's all good. Uh, yes, it's from April fifth, two thousand twenty one. Launched on April 5th, 2021. Yeah, so we have, uh, uh, what, like a year and a half almost? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and I think you had a question about collateral and like which collateral is going to be used. Yeah, there was a question, I think it was last week in the community chat as to why Beam was being used as collateral. Yeah, so it's it's a good question because the choice of the collateral is very important in uh, you know determining the characteristics of the stablecoin. And um, one of the things, so let's let's like review the goal of of Nifrit. Uh, obviously, Nifrit is uh, it should be decentralized as decentralized as possible. Since it's built on Beam, it is confidential, obviously. And also, we need to have um, sufficient uh, like market for the collateral that is used, right? So, if you use something very, very uh, rare or like untradeable, like as a collateral, something that does does not have enough liquidity, uh, you're obviously in trouble. So, the choice should be uh, the best decentralized. Um, volatile assets that that you you can find and uh, for example in MakerDAO such asset is obviously Ethereum itself or any other stable coin on Ethereum on Beam such asset is obviously Beam now at some point uh, MakerDAO uh, started adding additional collateral types and uh, some of those collateral types included other stable coins such as USDT and USDC and this is a problem because if you have too many Positions using USDT as collateral, your entire system is basically backed like, by centralized stablecoins, and it no longer can be considered as a decentralized stablecoin because like many of those positions are actually controlled by 
centralized entities. Um, so at some point there, there were some problems. They tried to get off uh, USDC because it started to be regulated more heavily and stuff like that. So in case of Nifrit, um, BIM, in my opinion, like is a perfect collateral. Like, like I mean, of course, uh, right now the problem is that the market cap of BIM is relatively low. So, yeah, you're limited in in amount of uh, uh, stables you can you can print uh, or mint. But uh, other than that, uh, all of the other properties, like we have sufficient liquidity, uh, it's completely decentralized collateral, uh, not controlled, not not censorable. Uh, by any external entity. So I think it's a good choice. Um, moving forward, once we have um, bridges, it might be possible maybe at some point to add collateral or launch other stable coins that will use, uh, let's say, bridged uh, Ethereum uh, as collateral and such. Uh, it's possible for sure. But as a first collateral, I think Beam is a good choice. Absolutely. And, and it makes a lot of sense. And this is like one of my big gripes with Maker. Uh, a lot of the, I don't know what it's like, collateral is, is obviously, as you mentioned, USDC. Uh, and I think now they're, maybe it's the treasury or I don't know what it was, but they're looking to buy US bonds or something like this. <clears throat> and another, another project on Ethereum that I think uh, is very interesting until like you look at it closer and, and realize that a lot of it, a lot of the collateral is USDC, the Frax guys. And I think that's like a under-collateralized stable coin. Yeah. Uh, yes, Frax. Um, the idea of Frax is that you can lower the collateral ratio uh, as your system becomes more stable in the long run. Uh, but First of all, like I, I'm not a big, big expert on the subject. I read about it, obviously, but but I'm not an expert. Uh, um, however, I think that in specifically in case of Frax, uh, using other stable coins as collateral is kind of a must yeah. uh, bec because if you have volatile assets and fractional reserves, uh, it can be like uh, it can be trouble. So yeah, like once you have. Uh, other stable coins as collateral, you're you're okay. But back to the centralization issue, uh, you do not avoid, you know, uh, all of the problems that that come from censorship and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, okay, so so let's talk about the application um, and what we have here, like in terms of uh, UI and functionality and the. Uh, the points that you know are similar to liquidities, the points that are different. So first of all, um, the position that you open, it's called the trove, and uh, it's a term that was clearly borrowed from liquidity because it uses exactly the same concept. And the trove is uh, your collateralized debt position, and you can only have one of, of those. You cannot open several troves, but you can update your existing trove. So you can create a trove, and then you can adjust it by adding and withdrawing your collateral. So once you create a trove, you deposit some amount of BIM, and in return, you mint some amount of uh, MPH, which is the... Um, ticker for, for the Nifrit coin. And this is your um, 
this is your position, your kind of potential for a loan, right? So once you deposit some amount of BIM, you, you have this ability to withdraw certain amount uh, of, of NIFRI. And in order to do that, you need to click on borrow uh, in, the, in, your, in the position and you, you can take the loan of more NIFRI. And then you see uh, what is your collateralization ratio. And the minimum, I think, is 110%. So you can never borrow more than, uh, you know, 110% of the collateral. Okay. Now, uh, in the UI, uh, they tried to make it as clear as possible because the application is very sophisticated. It has a lot of functionality and a lot of numbers. So every operation is uh, uh, accompanied by the tools uh, that try to clarify the situation. So for example, when I go into my trove uh, and I have uh, right now about 7,200 beam and the collateral. It's Dubnet beam, so don't get excited. Uh, and uh, my debt right now is 868 uh, Nifrit. So it tells me that in order to close the trove, I need to repay 868 Nifrit. So this is the end of my debt amount. Um, and so uh, tells me that I should keep my recovery uh, collateralization ratio above 150%, uh, and it will help me to avoid liquidation. Right now, I'm below that. Right now, I'm at 140%. Now, it's important to understand that once you create a new trove or update an existing trove, uh, you pay some fee. You pay some fee to the application. Uh, I think it's uh, zero point, right? The issuance fee, yeah. So all of these numbers are quoted on the right in this kind of green uh, pane. There are two, three actually, but two information panes. The top one is a general one for the entire application. So it says here the total value locked is about uh, $296,000 of the application. There are currently 45 troves open. Uh, the NPH supply is uh, $147,000. And uh, uh, it also tells me the state, status of the stability pool, which we will talk about in a minute. And it tells me the issuance fee. And each of these parameters is also accompanied by a very, very nice explanation, which I can hardly read, but that's my problem. Um, and it says here that the issuance fee is a one-time fee charged as a percentage of the borrowed amount in BIM. And the fee varies between 0.5 and 5%, depending on the NPH redemption volumes. And under the recovery mode, it will be set to zero. So it basically tells you how much fee uh, you pay for each operation. And uh, it tells me that recovery mode is currently not engaged. Uh, and the recovery mode price threshold right now is 0 0.13 uh, US dollars. So which means that if the beam uh, will quickly drop to uh, 0 0.13, like 13 cents, um, it will uh, engage in the recovery mode. And then below that, you have a, another pane, uh, which is titled My Position. And there you see your uh, ICR, which is the individual collateral ratio. And uh, uh, it's right now it stands at 140%, uh, and it's uh, marked as red because it's below 150. And you also have your total NPH debt and uh, how much NPH you have in the stability pool, which we'll get to in a minute. So just to make sure I want to stay above 150, right? I'm going to deposit more beam. So I will click on the deposit dialog. I will add another, I don't know, thousand beam. 
I'm very .NET beam rich, uh, so I can afford it. And then uh, you see the operation that starts. Now, one important point about all of uh, beam applications, including the free, the application does not have access to the information about your wallet by design right now. Uh, which means that the application knows your exact balances and it cannot know necessarily any other transactions statuses other than the ones that it actually creates. So in order to make it more convenient to see your balances when you are inside the application, we have added this pane at the bottom of the screen. It's folded by default and it says wallet balance. And if you click on it, it will rise up and you will see your current balance for all of the uh, coins that you have. And you can also click on the tab that says Nifrit Application Transactions, and you can see specific transactions um, that you execute. Now, one tiny little note about e the DAPnet. Sometimes you will see the transactions on DAPnet in Nifrit fail. And what you need to do when it happens, it, you just need to try it again several times before you report this case. And the reason for that is because uh, Dapnet is not a real, it's not, it's not even a real testnet, but it's definitely not a, a real mainnet. So we have like fake um, mining there, like it's not a real mining. And uh, uh, for this reason, it does not work uh, too well uh, with the uh, high frequency transaction, which the application uses. So sometimes it fails for that reason. It will not happen on mainnet. It only, it's, it's an artifact of the Dapnet uh, network. Um, so once I create, uh, once I complete the deposit of a thousand beam, I can now see that my position is now covered above 160% and I'm in the green again. So this is my kind of, uh, all of the operations that I can do with the trove. I can adjust it by either depositing or withdrawing beam. I can borrow or repay my uh, Nifrit debt in NBH. I can always see my collateralization ratio, and uh, uh, basically, this is this is like the first essential type of operation to create and mint your your Nifrit. Once you withdraw uh, Nifrit into your wallet, it behaves as a regular confidential asset. You can send it to anyone. You can trade it. You can do whatever you want. Um, so, like completely confidential from start to finish. Moving on. Yeah, absolutely. We, have, we do have a couple of questions. I was going to save them to us now. Uh, the first one is an interesting, interesting one. Uh, I'm not going to say the name because I don't know how. Uh, and the question is, does Nifrite plan on offering peaked currencies uh, like a multitude or more than one kind of pig currency, for example, pig Ethereum or pig Bitcoin. Uh, when you say pegged, you mean like instead of uh, instead of uh, uh, pegging it to US dollar price, like peg it to some other price? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what like the plans are for the fleet because uh, uh, you know I, I really don't know what they're planning to do, but what I can say is like what's technically possible. Uh, okay. The peg is actually uh, an oracle, and it, it's an external oracle. It's an oracle that's provided by Beam, uh, 
So if you have an Oracle for whatever, uh, I don't know, <laughs> whatever you want and you can have a stable Oracle for, uh, you can pack to that, right? So if, if you provide an Oracle to anything, you can take this application, you can fork it, the code deploy your own, free it and create, uh, you know, whatever you like. Uh, well, what's, what's, what's good uh, price these days? I don't know. Uh, Ferrari sports cars, you, you can, you know, if they have an index or something. Uh, so yeah, it, it totally depends on, uh, on, on basically the, the Oracle price that you have. However, you have to take into account a couple of things. Uh, first of all, whatever you are pegging to should better be stable enough uh, because otherwise we'll have, uh, you know, uh, so it's, it's basically not just blindly connecting uh, two currencies together. Uh, there are a lot of simulations that you need to do and calculations in order to determine uh, the minimal collateralization ratio for your specific choice. So it's okay to do it. Please do it. Uh, we will help you with whatever we can. We will provide you an oracle. Just come to us. Uh, but just make sure that you do all of this things, and then uh, you know it, it, it will be better. Otherwise, your stable coin will go unstable very quickly, and that's not a good uh, thing. No, uh, we did have one other question, and it's I guess it's also directed to the Nifrit team. Uh, but does the Nifrit or do Nephrite plan to show us a shader, some code, how I'll settle for a coming soon website? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know anything about the website. I know that the code will definitely be published uh, and it uh, it's audited. Uh, we help with the audit, so we know. Um, cool. In general, anything that starts with does Nifrit team plan two is best sent to their Twitter or the uh, forum, the BIM forum. We have created uh, a section called Nifrit support on the forum specifically for these purposes. So please just, you know, take all of your thoughts and, and dump them there. Um, so yeah, the code will, like, it's not possible to launch uh, a contract without showing the code. What are we, you know, Andrew Cron yet? Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, the code will be shown and it will be verified and uh, audited. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, so, okay, so let's move on to the second part of, of the application, which is the stability pool. Um, it's the top right uh, kind of button uh, in this like uh, four different types of activities, very organized, this one. And the stability pool is very important because it actually has this liquidation reserve to ensure the uh, overall, you know, stability of the system and its health. And uh, the stability pool rewards uh, people who deposit their nefrit back into the system, and then this nefrit can be used uh, to buy out weak positions and we will get to that in the third part, which will deal with liquidations. And in return, you earn uh, two things. First of all, you earn liquidation revenue, which is, uh, which, which is counted in BIM, okay? When the position is liquidated, it is liquidated uh, at a penalty to the original position holder. And this is the incentive 
for you to maintain your positions healthy. Because if the, your position is liquidated, you are basically punished with like some amount of, of your uh, collateral. And this profit goes to the liquidator. And um, uh, this is why, like, you know, liquidating positions is a profitable business. And it's profitable even if you don't hold any BIM or Nifrit or whatever. You can just earn by liquidating positions. So obviously, uh, you know, uh, in most cases, I think it will be smart bots that will take care of that. Uh, and I probably know the names of some of the people that might operate such bots, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but yeah, like uh, when you see a position that's weak, you can just liquidate it and you will just, you know, instantly earn from it. Not, like it's, it's a very, very straightforward operation. However, what happens if there are no weak positions? You know, everybody is so you know rich and healthy and all the positions are great and the bean price is always rising. Like what, why would you uh, like put your fleet then into, into the stability pool? And this is where the second part of the compensation comes in, which is the BMAX uh, yield, basically, right? The yield coin can be uh, generally any meaningful asset. In this case, because uh, this application was launched on Beam and is um, kind of, um, how would I put it, uh, integrated in some way into the BeamX ecosystem in general, uh, it will do a BeamX as a reward uh, for, for people who are staking their feet. Now, the amount of BeamX that will be allocated and uh, in this process needs to be decided by the DAO. So this is what the vote, the upcoming vote is about. Because what will need to happen is that there will be some amount of BMAX, which is now controlled by the DAO, allocated and used for this yield in, in, in the Nifrit application. It's mutually useful for both parties because, first of all, the BMAX DAO obviously gains a great stable coin like, in terms of, like, uh, you know, the functionality and, and, and the idea is very important addition to the BMAX DeFi in general. And uh, also people who are engaged with the stable coin, they get BMAX in return. So they stay within the ecosystem, they participate in voting later, and this is how the adoption happens. So it's kind of mutually uh, very uh, kind of profitable uh, integration for both sides. Uh, that's the way it was intended from the very beginning. And obviously it's pending the DAO vote to approve because we don't just you know give BMAX uh, to anyone just like that. But once this vote uh, is, is accepted, and I hope it will be, then uh, it will be possible to create uh, this kind of pool of BMAX and allocate it to the uh, Nefrit application to distribute it as profit to those who put their Nefrit into the stability pool. It was a long sentence, but I managed. That's really interesting. And, and I guess this poses a, a question from my end. Uh, if I remember right, liquidity they have the LUSD, uh, and they also have LQTY, I think it is. Yes, yes. Uh, and because it's like governance-free pretty much, uh, the LQTY is put into like a, well, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't know what they call it. But it's a contract whereby like the LQTY holders deposit it and get like a, 
some of the revenue that's been created by the protocol itself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What would happen in this case for Nephrite? Or yeah, what would you so, expect? Anyway? No, no, it, it's, it's exactly the same uh, behavior. So uh, in, in Liquity, since it's a standalone application, uh, the LQTY token acts as uh, shares, uh, shares in the pool of profits, which is generated by all of the, the fees that are collected uh, by the system. Now, uh, in BMAX, the BMAX itself acts as these shares, but these shares are not only in uh, a single application, whether it's Nefrit or any other. However, it can be used in many applications, like, for example, Bans also accumulates profits, and uh, uh, you know, Dex will accumulate profits. Uh, the bridges will accumulate profits, and all of these applications uh, put all of their profits into this BeamX DAO pool that can be then distributed BeamX holders. So this is the part of the voting which is not active yet, and uh, it it really should be pretty soon. We should start working on that more actively. We just wanted to get like a couple of applications out and see how it all works. Uh, before before we start distributing the profits, but this is the essential part of uh, of the BMAX offering in general. Like, why would you buy BMAX? Why would you hold BMAX? Who cares about BMAX? And the answer is because it actually gives you a part of the profits of in all of these applications that are connected to the BMAX ecosystem. That's really cool. Uh, <clears throat> and and do you? I, I I don't want to stray too far from the but. I think this is a very interesting point. Do you think that, uh, or, or how do you see like the profits from, for example, Nefrit, the profits or the revenue that's generated from bands and these kind of things, do you see them being distributed kind of blanketly to BMX holders or would it be more uh, in line with BMX holders that are also like, inputting other stuff and contributing to the ecosystem or, or sort of staking towards this or that. Uh, how would you envision it? Yeah, so <clears throat> this was actually described in the uh, DAO uh, white paper originally, like uh, the, the, the section that talked about the voting process. Uh, we described two types of votes. We have special votes and we have uh, like regular votes and special votes are uh, created for the occasions when we have a decision to make on a specific topic and this topic is raised in the forum, discussed, and then if it's considered important, is forwarded and promoted to the on-chain vote. The regular vote, uh, it, uh, it's a vote that takes uh, place every uh, voting period, which is two weeks. And in this vote, whoever staked their BMAX for this specific voting period participates in uh, the decision of how to distribute the profits for this week, which means you can either distribute them to the stakeholders, which have been locking their coins in this voting period, so the voters of that period, not just anyone who just holds BMAX anywhere. You need to actively participate in the voting to get that. Or you can keep them in the reserve. You can burn them. Uh, so it's... Uh, I think it's phrased as BRR, like burn, rebate, or re reward, right? So these are the three options that you have. And you take of the accumulated profits and you divide it into three parts, one which will be distributed as dividends, one which will be preserved for, I don't know, can be many things, uh, 
you know, financing development or, you know, providing some additional protections for other applications, whatever the needs are, and some can be even burned to increase the overall, uh, you know, value of of something. It depends on exactly which, which profits are accumulated because the profits can be accumulated in several different currencies. It doesn't just be in the future. But yeah, in, in general, this is the scheme that we have described. And uh, uh, you can, uh, I, I think it's uh, like the document is still there somewhere. Uh, we can surface it up and uh, uh, review it together because this, this is actually the next step for, you know, uh, for the DAO voting process. That's wicked. And that, and that clears it up a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, so move on to the third part, which is liquidation. It's the most fun part. Um, when you click on liquidate trove, you will see the list of troves uh, that are currently open, rated from the weakest ones upwards. So you will see that we have several troves here with 140 collateralization ratio and such. Uh, and then what you can do, you can click on like if this option is available, initiate liquidation, and you will just liquidate some weak troves and get your reward, uh, which is very nice. Right? Have anything to liquidate? Uh, but uh, yeah, um, near the the liquidate uh, liquidation button, there is uh, an icon which says important notice. Um, by pressing the initial liquidation, you send transaction to the free smart contract, which initiates the liquidation of risky trolls. You don't have to repay a debt of the trolls. You only have to pay a gas fee for the transaction, and the system will liquidate the trolls by itself. You will get 10 free for each liquidated troll as a reward. Uh, and nice. you can liquidate, yeah, a maximum of 10 trolls at once. By the way, where does these uh, 10 free comes from? It comes from when you are creating a trove, like when you are creating an, a position, uh, there are 10 nefrit set aside from, from the nefrit that is owed to you after you create this position uh, for that specific purpose, to pay for your liquidation. So it's kind of you, you, you put aside your funeral money beforehand, you know, uh, so we don't have to, to, to drag your shitty position on, on our own accord. Um, you know, it's funny. But uh, my wife once uh, went to Norway, and in the insurance that she had to, you know, sign and pay for, there was yeah. a specific amount set aside for transferring her body back to to the country of origin. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. I've noticed. I've noticed this a few times when I've got <laughs> travel travel insurance, and it always has like the amount for that, and the and the net. The, there's like a a specific word for this. I don't know if I can remember it, but it's like repatriation or something like this. Oh my like God. The, the word sounds really like innocent, but then <laughs> then I, I, the first time I heard it, I didn't know what it was. So I Googled it and, and thought, oh God. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, if I agree that you just, you know, th throw my body in a dump somewhere there, you know, to do, can I, can I save that money? And they said, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, put me in some trash can. Uh, who cares? No. Okay, so this is the liquidation part. And let's move to the uh, very interesting part, which is actually uh, the one that is different from how have, liquidity operates. Yeah. I have one really quick question sure. on the liquidation page. I've just, like, 
withdrawn my maximum amount of nephrite from my trove. And if you look now yeah. on the riskier troves, I'm I'm the most uh, I'm the the riskiest risk taker on the net mm-hmm. right now. Uh, and I and I want to like uh, ask when do these become? I mean, I know the answer, but I but I also want to make it like super clear. Does this become uh, liquidatable? I don't know if that's a word. Liquidatable when? Uh, I think I think it's uh, it's one hundred and ten percent, right? That's what I believe. Also, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it should be somewhere around there, uh, but. Um, and and the reason it's not one hundred percent is because then those guys or girls or whatever in the stability pool uh, that have nephrite there to to back up the system, they're essentially getting that difference from one hundred percent and and where it's liquidated. That difference is their like profit or their kind of like uh, discount on the beam that they're purchasing yeah. via the stability pool. Yeah, now, um, two, two important notes. First of all, in terms of the percentages, I think there are a lot of similarities I see here uh, between Nifrit and uh, uh, the numbers that uh, Liquid is using. And uh, like it was adjusted, I think, slightly in some ways to, to the volatility as a collateral compared to Ethereum, right? Because obviously these are not the same uh, assets. Also, sometimes when you go into uh, your stability pool holdings, uh, it tells you sometimes that your funds were used uh, to liquidate positions and you can collect the profits. So yeah. it means that the system was in a situation when your stability pool were actually needed uh, to, to, to keep the system healthy and then you profited obviously from that uh, in, in terms of BMAX. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, in terms of BIM, uh, but your uh, your uh, Nifrit uh, supply was reduced, right? So your Nifrit was sold uh, to to uh, close positions uh, for BIM. So eventually you're you're in the plus column, but uh, it's important to understand what it means. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so the last part uh, is called redemption. Uh, sounds very promising, uh, but what it means is that you can actually bring your uh, Nifrit coins. Let's see, that's the, how much do I have here? Let's do it. Um, okay, so let's say I will take like 200 Nifrit and it will give you back BIM at the current price. So this is something that I believe does not uh, exists in liquidity, and the idea here from from the theory that I uh, you know overheard, and I'm not an expert here, but the idea is that it, it, it's like you know, it's called a system of gold points or something. So it creates this kind of arbitrage opportunities when there are like differences. So it's like an additional mechanism where you can exchange Nifrit directly for Beam. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when um, you click confirm. So it gives you uh, gives you back the amount of beam that's equal uh, to uh, two hundred nifrit. Let me see how it works. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so you have this direct redemption option. 
uh, which which you usually don't have. By the way, you don't have it for your fiat currency, right? Uh, you <laughs> cannot come to the bank and give, you know say, give me please, you know, two hundred dollars worth of goods. Uh, yeah. I'll take I'll take this chair. It looks like two hundred bucks for me. And one question with this: Where does the bane come from? It comes from uh, the weakest, the weakest trove from your trove, basically. Okay. Cool. <laughs> come to think of it, it should have come from your trove. Uh, and the reason is that obviously we want to. Uh, let's check. By the way, one second, one second. This is interesting. Let, let's see. Uh, yeah, I see your percentage is improved. Okay, so yeah. you can only redeem you have an open trove. Uh, if somebody has an open trove okay. and you have any freed, um, let me let me let me improve your situation a little bit a little bit more. This is fun. Anyway, uh, one interesting that I kind of I want to uh, make sure, like you, you, there is one one thing that's crazy uh, confusing. When you go to the stability pool and you do withdraw, let's say, I don't know, some amount, if you take a look at the transaction that you're getting, you're getting not only the Nifrit, but you're also getting BMAX. Nice. And, and that is coming from the Lord pool that is being paid out. Yeah, yes. The... Nice. Yeah. So, so it's, completely, uh, it's completely technical issue that it's basically once you are touching your reward pool, it just is the same. It's piggybacks on the same transaction, take out all of your profit uh, back to you. And this also happens, I think, if you deposit more, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Any, yes. any, anytime. Uh, okay. yeah. Anytime you're touching the stability pool, it just uses this opportunity to uh, to give you your uh, your Bmax back. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's it's very confusing. It's not not very intuitive, but that's what's happening. Um, it's very interesting what's happening here. And there there was like a, there was a couple of questions about like who. I think the that we've pretty much covered all of like the the reasons and and where the incentive lies for doing so, but there was a couple of questions on like who is expected to put up the beam collateral to uh, mint the new freight stablecoin, uh, and why would they do so? Uh, okay, so obviously, uh, like I, I I will do it. I don't have too much, but you know I'll do it because it's it's a good. Uh, in my opinion, it's a, it's a good way to make money here. You know, you can. Uh, I will put it back into the stability pool if I'm not using it, and I will earn. Uh, I will earn benefits from liquidations, and I will earn uh, Bmax in the profit in the process. Like, why not? Yeah, and I think like. If you look at any of like the DeFi ecosystems, a lot of what people are doing is like using leverage in various forms and this kind of stuff. Uh, 
for example, if you want to buy more beam, <laughs> I, I definitely don't encourage this. If you want to buy more <laughs> beam, but you don't have any money, you can you can open a trove and get some MPH and, and buy a beam with it. Or if you have some beam and you want to get some cash to go for dinner or whatever, <laughs> you can open a trove and, and rather than like selling your assets, you can borrow against them uh, in that sense. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, you know, needless to say, nothing we're talking about in advice in any way, <laughs> yeah. shape or uh, if we knew what we were doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, um, it's one of the, it's one of the um, mechanisms that you can, um, you know, use today to uh do a lot of things. I mean, flight for safety, uh, a lot of stuff can, can be done with this, uh, in my opinion. Exactly. And also one of the things that I'm most like excited for personally is, is providing liquidity on the decks when it comes out. Uh, right. And it will, will be very cool to have a beam and MPH, uh, Mm -hmm. or on the the exchange yeah you 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 will have uh you know various assets uh, by the way uh, different interesting assets are coming out uh you know there is uh, uh all kinds of banks of all kinds of birds banks of ducks and you know things like that um and you have uh ticos and you have bimbot coins so you have a lot of uh, interesting assets coming on beam soon uh, and once the DEX is out, so you know, obviously you can swap it today using Gasset Swap once the 7.2 is out, but the DEX is really the game changer, right? Where we're all waiting for, you know, we, we understand that the DEX is this kind of uh, enabler for all of this crazy trading. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Nifritz will be, uh, you know, fitting very nicely. And I personally really like uh, the kind of this clarity addition because it's very complicated, but at least, you know, th there is one like kind of point that you cannot see your balance because it's in the wallet and you have to open this uh, tab at the bottom. But uh, other than that, you have very clear uh, outline of both the state of the protocol in terms of like how much total value locked, what is the total collateralization ratio, which is very important. Like when you look at the TCR uh, on the right, uh, you see that the overall co collateralization ratio is 200%, which is like very healthy, right? So it's very clear to, to kind of understand how much money is in supply, how much money out of that supply is in stability pool. So you can, with one glance, evaluate uh, the stability of the protocol. Uh, and you know, you, you know when you are, you know, nearing uh, some problematic situations, what you should do, it's very clear to make decisions. Uh, you see your trove balance immediately. So this is something always my problem with uh, uh, many protocols out there. Like, you know, their UI was very confusing in terms of understanding what your position is. And I'm really glad that here uh, it was it was solved uh, like this uh, visual part. Um, yeah, very nice. Absolutely. And and one thing I definitely want to encourage is is for anyone that hasn't already. And that's planning on doing using the Nephrite application. 
uh, definitely have a play around with it on Dapnet. If you do have any questions in doing so, yell out in the chats and we'll, we'll do our best to answer you. Yeah, so uh, please, uh, you know, uh, install the Dapp wallet. Please play with this application. Uh, ask all the questions you can. Find all the bugs you can. Uh, it's very important and it's... Uh, it's something we really need because, you know, as, as much as we are trying to test things, we're only, you know, limited amount of people with limited amount of systems. And also one of the problems is that we're so deep into this crypto sheet, we, we miss obvious things that are obvious for us, but are very not clear for uh, other people who maybe use less of this, uh, of Beam system in general and uh, uh, these kind of stable coins in particular. So it's very important to raise all these questions, uh, both about BIM and about Infrared to the Infrared team. Uh, so uh, we all can improve our products and uh, really make this useful and, uh, you know, and fun. Absolutely. And, and a lot more to test on the, on the DevNet wallet as well. So be sure to download it. Uh, I, have, I have one final question before we wrap up. Do we have any word from the Netrite team on the rough timeline for launching to mainnet? So I, I obviously don't know like the particulars, but we def definitely need to go through a, a DAO vote first. Cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, so once we once we give a green light that we, uh, like if we have uh, the vote that allows to allocate uh, the BMAX needed for um, yield compensation model, then I think, uh, after that, it will be not long enough because the application looks pretty stable right now. I play with it quite a, quite a lot, and uh, yeah. So uh, we, we will publish. I think tomorrow in the newsletter we'll publish more details about the vote and like what what's going on there. Uh, yeah, and then uh, it will enable the launch on the mainnet. Exciting times. Absolutely, it's been you know it's something that we've all been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, um, and a long time in the in the making. Uh, a lot definitely. of effort from from all over the borders has gone into into this. Yeah, so uh, great. It's been it's been a great space. Uh, I am glad that we went over all of the kind of uh, you know feature set and the behaviors and all that. So we, I think, everybody who is listening now, all will, will listen to the recording, will have a good understanding of. Uh, what this application is about and how it operates. If you still have questions, please ask us or like put it in the support channel uh, on the forum where the free team will be able to answer as well. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for being here and uh, we'll see you next week when we will talk about, and it's very important space next week, don't miss it, because we'll talk about the beam development process going forward. We're trying to make it even more decentralized using the bounty system and more organized community reviews. Uh, yeah, so uh, starting next week, the community will have to work even harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay, thank you guys. And thank you. Thanks everyone for joining and see you next week. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Bye-bye.